Welcome to the inaugural edition of the Village of Manlius podcast. I'm Hank Chapman. I'm a trustee on the Manlius Village Board. This podcast is designed to help inform our residents and taxpayers of the many great things our village has to offer, a bit of our history and some of the people who make it all happen. I anticipate one to two podcasts a month with various special guests to help tell these stories. This podcast will be shared on our website, on Facebook, uh, manliusvillage.org is our website, and it'll be shared anywhere else that we can. You can also find them on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Help us spread the word, and if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for guests, please send them to me at hchapman at manliestvillage.org. I'm going to ask everybody to bear with me a little bit as this is my first time doing this, and I'm learning as I go. Hopefully this turns out okay, and then it continues to get better as we go. For our first episode, I'm privileged to have with us the mayor of our great village, Paul Worrell. Thank you, Paul, for being my guinea pig on this inaugural podcast. Uh, one of the things I enjoy most about working with you, Paul, is hearing stories from you about growing up in Manlius, about a history, some of the stores, restaurants, buildings, and roads uh, in our village. I've lived here since my family moved here in 1970 when I was five years old, so I've lived here the better part of 50 years. I remember walking to Harvey's to go buy baseball cards and football cards, going to Temple's for what I still consider to be the best donuts I've ever had. <laughs> Uh, they're the standard by which I judge all donuts to this day. I remember going to Weber's, I go, go to the Manlius Cinema, which is still a vital part of our village. But you've got me by a good 15 to 20 years, so I was hoping you might tell us a little bit about growing up in Manlius, what it was like back in the day. Well, it, it uh, really was a great village, um, and that's probably one of the reasons I'm still here today. I, I feel that my childhood was um, enlightened by the activities that this village had that I was able to be a part of. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood uh, just up behind um, Dunkin' Donuts. It was back at a time when most of the, um, the people coming out of the military were buying homes. Uh, we were a group of the baby boomers and it was a, it was a great neighborhood. I mean we had enough kids in our neighborhood that were within a two or three um, year range that we could put together a, a football team, a basketball team, baseball team, whatever we wanted to play on any afternoon or any summer day. Um, everything was pretty much in walking distance. You know, I walked elementary school and um, I even if I had to, I could have walked to the high school. Um, and the, the people were, back then, were all part of the village. They did things, the, you know, the restaurants, the businesses were owned by people within the village or just in the outskirts of the village. Um, everybody seemed to enjoy the activities that went on in the village. And I, I look back and I look at the times that I s used to skate on the, on the swamp pond, and that's the upper pond, and they would have it set up so we could skate there in the winter and then go next door to Cook's restaurant and get something to eat or have hot chocolate. Um, we could walk to Suburban Park or we could walk up to the Military Academy. I remember going up and watching Syracuse University uh, freshman team play the Military Academy in football and I got to stand there on the sidelines and watch Ernie Davis wow. when he first came to SU. That's awesome. And then I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I got to go over. My parents um, worked at, when they were younger, worked at Suburban Park. So they would take me up to Suburban Park and when I got older, I. 
I could ride my bike up there, or I could walk up Suburban Park and go on the rides and hang out there during the day and stuff. It was, it was just a great place. Um, it was great in, um, on Memorial Day when we had the Memorial Day Parade and the Military Academy would participate with their band and all their military cadets would, would march in the parade. I mean, they, they probably t made up two-thirds of our parade just in the size of the, that group that would come down from the, the academy to march. That must have been spectacular. Oh, it was. And then, you know, we'd start our, our Little League season on Memorial Day. Our first games would be on Memorial Day. And I remember that. It was, was when I was there, too. Yeah, yeah, it was something to look forward to. Yeah. You know, it was, it was and, and we played all through the summer. I mean, when we got into All-Star season, it was, it was in August. So, you know, just a, a week or two before I went back to school. Yep. So there were so many activities to do in, in the day, and there were so many kids around that you could ride bikes, do a lot of things that you don't necessarily trust doing today because of the, the traffic and you're right. concerned about the safety and all that. Back then, it doesn't seem like we were too concerned about yep. that. You know, I, I remember going up, the, the train used to come through Manlius, used to come up above where I lived, and we'd walk up there and watch the train go by and stop, and at Christmas time, it'd stop and Santa would get off and hand out toys to all the kids and stuff. It was just something you don't see these days. No, know? I've heard you talk about the train tracks, and I'll bet most of the residents of the village have no idea that right, the train's right. going through Manly. And, and it, we'd go up and walk the tracks. We could walk the tracks, you know, almost to Casanova or the other way to, to Fayetteville. And it was, you know, it was just something, um, you know, when you were younger, it was just something that was so neat to see and, and, and be a part of. You know, I always consider Manly as... Um, as somebody that's lived here for a long time, you look at the buildings and some of the structures. Manlius was like um, looking at an old western town. It just, you know, the structures and what was on Main Street and stuff. Um, it was just, it was, it was really neat, you know. Back, and if you look at pictures back in the day, you'll see that where the, the carriages, the horse-drawn carriages, the horse-drawn carts and stuff, even the horse-drawn sleds in the winter would come into Manlius to pick up their goods. And it was just a, a whole different way of life back then and a more simpler way of life back then. There wasn't the hustle bustle. There wasn't the uh, uh, worry about crossing the roads and, and um, parking on the streets was, uh, was there. And, yep. and a lot of things that just made it much more convenient. Um, you know, going down to the movie theater, uh, Friday or Saturday, you know, they had Friday night movies, they'd have Saturday cinema movies, and we'd go down there and we'd always go into Weber's department store first, get our penny candy, and then go into the movies, yep. <laughs> and then afterwards, we'd go into, you know, we always had name for every place, it probably wasn't the name of the place, <laughs> but it, we, we had our own names for it, and we'd go next door and have lunch, or a, if it was a night movie, we'd go in afterwards and have a Sunday at, at Pete the Greeks, a little, like, um, diner and ice cream. And he had the old, the old soda jerk counter where he he'd make your your sodas right in front of you and stuff like wow. that. It was just it was just a, a different time. Then you go to the next building down and and it, it was um, the um, the uh, person that did sewing on your clothes and stuff. And he he sat in the window in the old 
singer song with Shane that you push with the foot pedals wow. and would do probably the best job you'd ever seen on, on repairing clothes and, and you know shortening pants and stuff like that and uh, you know and those people all lived in Manly so yep. you knew them and, um, and of course Buzzies was all Buzzies Buzzies you could walk into Buzzies any day of the week and walk in there and you know, it'd be like the old cheers where the Norm would walk in there and go, Hey, Norm, well, <laughs> you walk into Buzzies and everybody knew everybody. Absolutely. And you know, you'd sit down at a table where there could be 10 people sitting there and have breakfast the same guys every morning and stuff. And you know, go in there on a Sunday and see the same people in there with their families eating in the front window and stuff. Just a, a kind of a more relaxed state of mind back then. Yeah. So, what about some of the things that were maybe <coughs> predated you? I know uh, talk, I've heard of talk about an opera house, uh, toll roads, things like that. I know you know a lot more of the history than I do. Yeah, um, you know the the opera house was a beautiful building. Unfortunately, when you know, as a member of the fire department, I, w I responded to that call when that burnt, and that was a sad thing to see because it was such a unique building, such a beautiful part of the history of Manlius. Um, I never, I've seen the pictures of the toll road, I've never seen the toll road, I'm, I'm not quite that old, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> to, just to know that Manlius had a toll road back in the day on what they called Cherry Valley Turnpike, which yep. some people still call it Cherry Valley Turnpike, um, it's just something to, to, to see, you know, and, and I know back when I was in school I did a little history on the Village of Manlius, and I did it, you know, some of the, the buildings, um, you know, the first schoolhouse, the gazebo, um, the, the Christ Church, which was the, one of the first churches, and just a lot of the buildings that just had such a, um, a history and a representation of what this village was back in the day. I mean, a lot of people that live here don't even know that Manlius was a county seat back yeah. in the day before Syracuse came and then it went then Syracuse and Ardog County became the you know the location but yep. back in the day Manlius was uh, the county seat and I don't think a lot of people knew that yeah this was a pretty prosperous village back in the day I mean there's buildings here that factories a lot of factories that are no longer here that were huge back in the day yep that people don't even realize the uh, gray Syracuse stone machinery uh, Phillips broadband yep and, and places like that, that um, Cheney factory, which was, was a major fire back in the day, but those were major businesses here. And, and kind of a manufacturing <coughs> base right in our village. Oh yeah, huge, and that's why, and we were big for um, um, the, the State Firemen's Association, the County Firemen's Association, field days and stuff, and that's where you get fairgrounds dry because you know that's back in the day uh -huh. when they had the fairgrounds. Yeah, yeah, that connection, yeah. Yeah, and if you look at pictures, um, you can see where they're all everybody's dressed up, and you know the men would come in their suits and the women come in their long dresses, and it was back then it was a huge, huge thing. And I think having the Fourth of July, even though we've changed some of what we wear and stuff, right? Fourth of July is really showing the history of of what we used to do back in the day. So. Yeah. You touched a little bit about <coughs> on the military academy and suburban park. To me, those are two big things from our history that stand out to me that were 
you know, just a, such a vital part of where we were back then. Oh, yeah, the uh, Suburban Park was great. I mean, you know, people would come, the bus from the city would come out, city bus would come out and, and uh, drop people off there. And, and people, I mean, it would be packed on the weekends up there. And every Friday and Saturday night, they would shoot fireworks off. So you could be, I mean, I could sit at home and um, watch the fireworks and hear the fireworks at night on, uh, from Suburban Park. Now, they had miniature golf there, so that's one of the first places that I ever played miniature golf was up at Suburban Park. They had the old style with the windmill and everything, you know, and, and uh, <coughs> they had some of the greatest rides. They had the arcade, and then the biggest thing was, and this, some of this was before my time, too, was they had the huge uh, indoor roller skating rink. Oh. And they would bring out big name bands out to Suburban Park to play, and people would come and listen to them and roller skate and stuff, and that was huge. That's and awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I know that my, when my parents worked there, they would tell me a lot about the things that went on there and stuff during the day. I know, I know that, um, I think it was my father worked at the, uh, the Laugh in the Dark, um, and the Laugh in the Dark was still there when I was young. And is that right? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I remember the I remember bumper cars. I remember roller coasters. Yeah, but I, I was pretty little. It burned down in seventy four, seventy five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how long was it in operation? When did it start? Oh man, I don't know. Fifty. Oh no, no, it was before that. Was it before that? Yeah, one? yeah. And um, and you know I I know that that's um, you know the snow top of Manlius kind of originated out of the they had the same similar setup up at the up at the the uh, suburban park, and that kind of originated out of there. And uh, you know, Manlius is just kind of—we're not one of those villages that has a, a college or a big lake or anything. But we've had a swamp pond for you know over a hundred years there. I love when I go to Dave's Diner seeing the old pictures. Oh of yeah, people yeah. dressed up fancy yeah. in rowboats in the I, swamp pond. I do remember when I was really young when. Um, they had a beauty contest in Manly's. They had the parade and they had a beauty contest and all the ones that um, qualified rode uh, you know, in convertibles in the parade and then afterwards they went up and had the, the parade always ended up by the, on Stickley Drive, which at the time was, was Gravel Bed Road. And that's where the Legion building originally was and so they'd have the ceremonies there, and they would, they'd have the amusement rides up there, and they, they'd have the contest, and the three winners, and one of the pictures that in Dave's Diner, you'll see they had uh, the three girls going out with my, my uncle, who happened to be in the police department at the time, and um, he took them out around the pond so everybody could see the three winners <laughs> in the rowboat on the pond. That's so, awesome. I love yeah. that picture. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of unique and, and neat things back in the day here in Manlius, you know. The, I mean, at one point the pond what, didn't have a fence around it, so it was, mm -hmm. it was a little different. You yeah. know, you could get up a little closer. Can't do that nowadays. No, no, <laughs> no. And, um, you know, and Swamp Pond has always been there. Um, I, I remember when I, was, when I was probably maybe fifth, sixth grade, I delivered newspapers in the village, and I, I did uh, Elmbrook and that track, Smith Street, Pleasant Street, Fayette Street, and <clears throat> when I got done, I'd go to Temple's, and I'd watch a 
make the donuts. Mm -hmm. I'd stand outside, they had a big window, and I'd watch them make the donuts. And this was pretty early in the morning. And so that they, they got used to me. They let me come in, and they'd let me help, um, help them with doing the donut stuff. And then I, they'd let me take a certain amount of donuts home. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a pretty good deal. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. That's that's the standard by which I judge any donuts nowadays. Yeah. So maybe it's because I was little and I romanticize it, but those are the best donuts. Oh, they yeah. really were. And, and, you know, Manlius was just a, a fun place. They had a lot of fun things. And, unfortunately, time took a lot of those things away and, um, and changes in culture and, and, and the people that we had in Manlius. And, like any village, um, uh, back when I was younger, the, most of the businesses were run by uh, people that lived in, in Manlius, right, if not right in the village, just on the outskirts. Um, we had Leader Shoe Store, yep. and he lived just up by the high school, and it was funny because uh, during Christmas, um, you could do a lot of your shopping right in Manlius, mm -hmm. because Weber's not only had a toy and candy store, it had... It had a housewares department. It had a clothing department, um, <clears throat> and then you had, you had for a while the, the saddlery was right on Main Street because we did have a lot of farms and a lot yeah. of horses and stuff. And um, the um, the leader shoe store, people could go there and, and get stuff at leader shoe store. I remember getting my kids there. Yep, they had. He had everything. Yeah, I mean, I used to get the the. Um, the loafers there, you know, mm -hmm. the, the loafers were in back in the early days, and and they had two grocery stores, they had a laundromat, they had a, a pool hall, um, they had three restaurants, three good restaurants on Main Street, uh, you know, you, you had the Swan, and, and you had uh, um, the um, Griffin's, Griffin's Grill, which Angie Griffin, you know, you could get a, up until probably about maybe 15, 20 years ago, Andrew Griffin was still selling meals to the, the working class people for a buck. <laughs> so, you know, and it was a, it was a heck of a meal, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was just some really, really good places and, and fun things to, to do and see in Manly's. Unfortunately, time took them away. But and the military academy again was here, what, what approximate years? Well, the military academy went out, I believe, in in seventy, um, maybe the year after, um, because I remember in my senior year of high school we played the military academy in, in soccer and in baseball. So they probably went out in seventy one or two, and but they first combined with Manly's Pebble Hill. Um, so uh, Manly's Pebble Hill moved some of their um, classes out to the military academy and they kind of combined and then uh, probably 74 75 they just totally went out so yeah one of the things i remember most from my childhood that sticks out to me as a memory <coughs> of our village was when they moved arley's across the street um, yep i was a little kid but you probably remember that a lot better than i do i, I watched them move two big buildings in manlius um where dunkin donuts sits just before dunkin donuts was um Phillips 66, mm -hmm. and just before Phillips 66 was a big, huge apartment house that now is on Park, Park Drive, and that they moved across the back lot behind where CVS is and moved it to the to where it sits today. Uh -huh. 
And <clears throat> then there was um, Arley's Hotel, which they moved from where the clock is yep. across the road to where it sits now. And um, it was pretty neat to watch. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that very well. I remember that was just an old memory from my childhood. Yep. Um, so, you know, like you, you have a lot of family members that were very involved as leaders in our community. You want to just tell us a little bit about kind of your family history and their involvement in the village? Um, yeah, my uh, first of all, my my mother and father grew up in Manlius. My mother lived in a house right behind where the the muffler shop is up at the mm -hmm. up near St. Anne's. She lived in that big home there. My father grew up uh, on uh, Smith Street, up near, close up near the uh, corner of North Street. Uh -huh. um, they both graduated from the Manlius High School, and um, then my I had a lot of other family members that lived in, in the village, um, and some of them worked for the village. Uh, my my uncle um, was. Tom Worrell was the uh, police chief for 30 years here, and um, he, uh, you know, has, he helped put together Millwood Park. He helped build the the one of the um, well, the one with the big fireplace at the end, the, the Tom Worrell Pavilion. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and he he got a lot of the young youth to help build the the bridge, the one across the creek, and the stone fireplace which was made of rocks that came out of the creek there. Um, <clears throat> my other uncle, um, uh, Archie Albanese, he was mayor here for, I think, 20 years. He was uh, um, a trustee long before that. He was also a member of the fire department uh, back in its earlier days. And then I had a lot of aunts and uncles that lived here in the village, that worked in the village, and, and, and uh, lived there their entire life until you know, they passed away. Yep. I remember Tom, I obviously remember Arky very well. Arky was obviously one of the people that got me in, interested and involved in government and was definitely a father figure mentor to me. Um, but they were certainly all very instrumental in our, in our village. Um, you've been a member and a leader in our fire department for 40 years? 49. 49 years, wow. <laughs> um, just tell us a little bit about how that experience has shaped who you are and, and how you are as a mayor. Um, well, to tell you the truth, um, it's probably been the greatest organization I've ever belonged to. Um, you know, it really, I think, got me to where I am today. I think it made me who I am today. Um, and. You know, the, the, I, I went into to college. I was At the time, I was at Syracuse University. And um, I, was, I was going there to be a phys ed teacher. And I was in my, well, just finishing up my third year there. And I got asked to join the fire department. And I had some friends in the fire department. I had relatives in the fire department. I had a lot of relatives in the fire department. And I had some close friends that I was in school with um, here at FM, and I was, so I said, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm still in college and stuff, and they said, well, it's a good opportunity now, there's some openings. And that, back then, the fire department, believe it or not, had a waiting list to get in. It was wow. that, you know, that popular. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, at that time it was a small fire department. I mean, they um, just moved into the new building over on what everybody considered Stickley Drive. Um, <coughs> and so it, that building had only been open like two years. And so I thought, all right, well, I, I think I can handle it. And, and so I got in and I, I got real active in the fire department. Um, and I switched my curriculum to fire training and went and took all my fire training courses. I went to, and took my paramedic training at Upstate Medical Center at the same time. And um, I really got it all in pretty quick and stuff. And then I, I never did go back for my fourth year at SU because I was so involved in the fire department. I always tell my, my uh, the story that um, to make it a little easier on my parents <laughs> was that <laughs> I, I went in a phys ed major and I came out, came out a, a firefighter. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I, I kept pursuing um, the fire department. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was something that I always thought about when I was younger. I won't say I was a, a, a chaser of fires, but Mm -hmm. uh, if they were something close and I could ride my bike to it, I'd go, I'd go see what was going on and stuff. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it so much. I, I've met so many people, um, and it really, it, it was exciting, but I really, really learned what it's like to be able to help your community and how appreciative people are of when you do something like that, you know. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I coached sports and stuff, and, you know, and everything like that, and I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed the kids, but there's nothing that's more of a rush and gives you more enjoyment and more satisfaction than and being, sense of community. Yeah, being a firefighter. Yeah. Um, and so I was. Uh, I got really, really active. I'd only been in for. Um, <coughs> I became an officer after my third year in. Moved up the ranks. Um, in my fifth year, I was only 25 at the time, um, I, I became a, an assistant chief, and then two, later, two years later I became chief. And I was chief for 25 years. Wow. And um, I really, I, I can't tell you, not only what I, I learned um, in firefighting, what I learned in, in working with people in the community, and, and um, and working with people and, and being a leader of people, I I was able to go places and do things because of the fire department that I don't think I would have ever done. I wouldn't have done it as a phys ed teacher. Yeah, for sure. But um, nothing against phys ed teachers <laughs> out there because I, I had some of the best ones. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll tell you that um, I was able to move up in outside organizations that were part of the fire service, but they were, um, you know, I became head of uh, training and education for the Firemen's Association of the state of New York for several years. Um, I was president of the county chief association. I went on to um, be president of the Eastern Division of the International Chiefs, where being a part of the International Chiefs, I got to not only meet people from other states, but other countries. That's awesome. I got to, you know, become friends of firefighters in other countries. And, and um, <coughs> I got to, to, you know, work alongside um, firefighters 
from from London and and Germany and and um, Belgium, and it was just you know I mean it was just uh, an experience I don't think I would have ever had otherwise. Yeah, and stuff, and I really learned to appreciate um, my I think my community mm -hmm. and, and my and the organization. I mean. I had friends in the fire department that will be friends forever, you know. Yeah. And and I've had friends that have passed away in the fire department, and it's unfortunate, and you'll never forget that. Right. <coughs> but it's um, it's one of those organizations that you're constantly it all things always change. You're constantly learning, and you know there's no incident, no fire, no accident. That's exactly the same. So right. you're always got to be training and, and be on your toes, yeah, not thinking and, and ready because you never know what's gonna what's gonna happen. You know, I mean, um, so I, I think it was probably one of the best choices I ever made in my life. Yeah. You know, so, and when we, you know, we're sitting here on the village board and we get all these <coughs> training requests mm -hmm. that come before us, it's I mean, it's obvious how much training they're all required to do and how important that is, right? For sure. And it's just um, you know I, I think that the we just had two people retire um, that were career firefighters with us yesterday and I, I went up to the ceremony for them and stuff and the brotherhood and sisterhood that you have in the fire service is yeah. just remarkable yeah I mean I you can call up somebody and say hey I'm stuck here I ran out of gas or hey can you come down to my house and help me I gotta move something. I can't do it by my house, right. by myself, and they'll show up. Yeah, you know, um, and that's just a great thing. It's beautiful to see. Um, <clears throat> you served on the village board back in the '90s, right? Yep. You've been mayor now for eight years. Yep. You've had all those years in the fire department. Who are some of the people that you've seen along the way? I know you'd kind of mentioned a couple of them, like Arky. Who are some of the people you've seen that have been leaders in our village uh, that have influenced you and have had great influence on the village? Um, well, back when I was on the board in the 90s, um, I'll tell you, one of the guys that I listened to a lot because he had a lot of history was Harold Hopkinson. Yeah. And, and when I became mayor, Harold was still on the board with me. Um, and, you know, Harold always looked at things in a uh, calmer collective way he mm -hmm. always he was never into rushing into anything he always wanted to work it out see how and you know yeah he kind of taught me to do that you know don't be in a hurry you're you're not you're not dealing with stuff for one individual you're dealing with stuff for a lot of individuals so you're going to get the people that come and they're upset or they're concerned because they didn't get something done or something happened to them that they wanted you to take care of it and he said you gotta take your time and look and make sure that you're not helping one person and affecting another person you've got to make sure you're doing what's best for everybody in that situation yeah so, yeah harold yeah. was great yep and he was harold was the longest serving yeah village board member in New York some State. years and and i'll i'll tell you um Hail to him because, yeah. <laughs> and he was sharp till the end. Yes. Oh, he was. He was. And and I, I think one of the the other individuals back when I was 
first on as a fire chief, and he was a member of the fire department, but he was also, and he was a school teacher, um, was Tom Hennigan. Yeah. Tom Hennigan. Social studies teacher. Yep. Another calm, cool, collected type guy, <coughs> excuse me, that would always have good information and always would be able to talk to you and, and tell you how to best approach something. Mm -hmm. And I know between him and, and, and Arky, when Arky was a trustee, because mm -hmm. I was fire chief when Arky was a trustee, and he was my liaison, and I, he always told me that make sure you always have your ducks in a row, you always have your paperwork, you always have the numbers right, and when you ask for something, make sure you're able to back it up. And yeah. it always worked. That's good advice. Yeah, it always worked. If I came in and said, I need to buy this fire truck, and this is why, this is what it's going to cost, this is how it's going to work, this is what we're going to use it for, and this is why we got to replace the one we're doing. It was so much easier. Because you're going to get those questions. Yes. <laughs> sure are. <laughs> no question. Um, our current village government, Tell me a little bit about, you know, what you see is going on in the village. What are some of the projects and initiatives we have going on, you know, from your point of view? What do you like to see happen? Well, I think right right now we've got a, I, I think our board's doing a lot right now. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Some of it you see, some of it you don't. Um, and, you know, we're, we're so busy with so many different projects. And I, I've got to say that, you know, as a board, we don't always agree to everything, but we come up with a solution and we still continue to move forward and get projects done. Now, um, you know, Hank, that we'll, we're working on two huge projects right now, the Main Street Revitalization and the, the <coughs> study with the Syracuse Metropolitan Transit Council and the DOT. And I think those are two big factors that um, we would like to see completed hopefully before the end of this summer Yeah. because um, we got the grant which we did a lot of work on we had a lot of input from citizens from businesses and we've done a great job we got the, the, the grant to move forward and which we're very close right now Three. how much was the 300, 300 something thousand from Onondaga yep. County yep and we're moving along. We, we just had a recent meeting that I think we're, we're probably going to be starting, they'll start seeing, or the community will start seeing work on that project come uh, the spring. And what's, tell the listeners what that's going to look like. What, do you, what are those specific dollars being used for? Well, we're, we're doing some matching funds with some of the businesses that want to do some storefront improvements, which... Um, We've got those businesses approved, and some of them are already starting to do some of their work, but come spring, you'll see a lot of that getting completed. Um, <clears throat> and then we're, we're doing a lot of uh, Seneca Street um, revitalization. We're going to build some what they call pocket parks. We're going to do uh, redo our uh, clock tower. Um, that little corner there, we're going to make it bigger. We're going to have seating and, and, and make it a lot um, more pleasant to, to go and sit and, and whether you want to eat or, or do something there, it'll, it'll, it'll be a lot bigger and a lot nicer. We're going to do a small pocket park in front of Boogers, 
where people are going to be able to go out and sit out there if they want to after going into Brugger's. And we're going to redo the whole seating area from the uh, Cafe 119 all the way up to Wesley Street. That's great. Yeah. <coughs> and so, you know. It's a little sense of community, helps support the businesses. Yep, yep. We're going to do, and, and um, then we're going to move up into the um, two and three hundred block, and we're going to do some storefront revitalization in front of the orange crate, that whole building. Um, and we're going to do some work with um, the Seneca Street Brew Pub. And then we also are going to help the uh, Legion redo their building so Great. that it looks a lot nicer. Yeah. And, and, um, and we wanted to help them, and, and it's their request to, to redo their building, and so we're going to help them with that. And then we're going to continue. That's not the end. Um, as you know, we, we've talked about moving all the way up Fayette Street and also moving down West Seneca Street and redoing that with the help, we hope, um, of the Syracuse Metropolitan Transit Council and DOT. And now that study that we're doing, that we've just started doing with them, is going to be for traffic improvement, um, calming effects for traffic. They're going to go back to those <coughs> toll roads you talked about earlier? Yeah, and toll roads <laughs> so we can fund it. And, um, and we're going to, we're going to um, you know, work on pedestrian safety. We've got to make it uh, pedestrian friendly to walk through our village, cross our streets, with not have, having to run or, or play, uh, you know, Frogger or something across <laughs> the roads. Yeah. Um, and, and this study, we hope, will, will make everybody realize that. Um, we're, the committee is working right now with, with the SMTC, and probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll be meeting with the businesses and getting their input, and then we'll be meeting with the residents to get their input. And I think it's all going to come together and, and make it work that we can try to make our streets and, and, and our sidewalks a little more safe and pedestrian friendly. Absolutely. And I know the SMTC mm -hmm. is <clears throat> going to, as you said, include a lot of public input. I'm hoping maybe a future podcast, maybe I would talk to the director of the SMTC yeah. and Maybe she can talk a little bit more about the project to get more, even more public engagement on that. I, th I think, you know, too, we're, we're doing some other projects that people are seeing that, you know, maybe um, aren't as big as what we consider these projects, but, you know, we do have some development going in. Uh, we're, we're looking to try to push um, the development through over uh, um, along uh, Fayette Street from CVS up to the point. Uh, <clears throat> we've got some other development going in in, in, in other locations that um, you know we're, we're looking to to expand on. Uh, we've really done real well with um, cleaning up a lot of the vacant homes. We still got a few to go, but we've really, um, with help of certain individuals and, and certain uh, uh, developers, we've really cleaned up a lot of the the homes that were vacant and, and they've been redone and remodeled. We got two of them going on on Pleasant Street right now that are being done. Um, and, you know, we've, we've got um, uh, just stuff here at the village that we're, that we're working on. Um, you know, we've got our, our trash 
in recycling pickup. We've, we've gone to a, a new trash and recycling um, pickup. We've got our totes, which we're still in the progress, progress of working with. That's going to take a little time, but we're picking up the trash. By April 1st, we're going to be picking up recycling. <coughs> we think it's going to be a lot better, um, uh, a lot easier for us, and it looks more unified with the totes. Yeah. It just looks so much better. And so that's one of the projects that we got going on. And there's going to be <coughs> another notification going out to the residents. I think it's... Yeah, probably within about March 1st, I think it's going out. Yeah. Um, just to give them an update of, what, of what's going on and stuff. Um, and we've just got a lot of uh, minor stuff in the village and we're working on storefronts and stuff and filling storefronts and we've done pretty good. We're the plaza that's Manlius Mart, where if you're familiar by the snow top, is one storefront away from being full. Okay. The one down um, on West Seneca, down by Brickyard, that one is full now. So those of you, uh, I think Yo Burrito is supposed to open yeah. tomorrow. My wife's very excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> um, uh, it might be dangerous for me though, because I only live up the street. But, <laughs> <coughs> and Silver Fox is, is moved in down there. And, you know, we've, we just filled some other storefronts that are great, you know, and I think that's great. That's it's huge having storefronts full. Local business, <coughs> yeah, is, is thrived despite COVID, and local business is still, many of them are still surviving and doing I, well. I think so. I, you know, um, I try to frequent, I eat a lot, um, so I try to frequent mm -hmm. the restaurants as best I can, and I think they're, they're surviving. It could be a little better. Um, hopefully the next stimulus that comes along might help some of them yeah but you know it's um <clears throat> it's one of those things that um it, it came at a bad time came at a tough time and we're making the best of it and i think that you know to help these people if you can get out frequent them get takeout take it home believe me the takeout helps them yeah you know? yeah for sure for sure um what are some of the challenges you face in leading our village? Uh, I would say, other than putting up with village board members like me. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't have, I don't mind those challenges because you know it shows that we're doing something. Yeah. Really, I mean, if you know, if nobody ever talked or challenged us, I think that we get complacent, and I don't think we're complacent at all. No. I think we're really moving along, and. You know, not everybody's going to agree with us, um, you know, on everything. But they got to realize everything that we do is is for the best for the village. Sure. And we look at it that way. We don't look at it as, you know, let's do this for this person or this group. We may do that because it may help something for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think the biggest challenge for us right now is. Um, Having to handle, I won't say having to handle COVID. I think we got through COVID pretty, or we're getting through COVID. We've been able to keep our staff. We did have to change a few things, <coughs> limit our staff levels and stuff for a while, but we're back to full staff. And we're getting the roads plowed. We're getting the work done. We're getting the trash picked up. Our DPW does a great job. Our fire department 
does a spectacular job. And even through this, our fire department has been able to keep crews on and stay healthy. They've had some incidents, but they've been able to work through them. Yeah. And, and I think that um, the board does a great job with recognizing that. And, and I think it's budget time coming up here. Budget is coming up in right now for the next couple of weeks. And I think the biggest concern is where did COVID put us as far as our budget goes, considering that we're going to lose funding from the state and the county. Yeah. And there's no doubt in my mind, I just got off a, a legislative meeting with the County Mayor's Association and our, our, our state and local officials in Albany and um, in NICOM and uh, there was a long discussion and our comptroller was on and he agreed that there's going to be some changes. We don't know to what extent yet, but he said that he considers that there's a possibility that the villages could lose up to 20%. Villages and towns. Yeah, that's so tough. That's tough. That's a, that's a lot of money for a village. Sure is. And so we're going to have to wait and see what happens. And we run a pretty lean budget as it is. Yeah. And, but we'll get through it. I mean, we've been fortunate. We, we paved the way in replacing equipment and um, doing some of the jobs that needed to be done, not knowing we were going to get hit with COVID. And so um, <clears throat> I think we've put ourselves in a good position that we can survive um, you know, it'd be nice to say, hey, we love the lower taxes. We can't say that until we see where we stand. But I think we'll at least be able to say we'll survive at least another year yeah. before we have to make any big, huge changes. So, uh, <coughs> and, and I think we've been innovative. This board has been pretty innovative with things, uh, like what you're doing right now. That's, that's innovative, that's thinking, and that's doing stuff for the the people. We've been very hurt this past year by programs that were very dear to our heart here and beneficial to us and the community. Our daddy-daughter dance, our summer playground program, our Christmas tree lighting. Things that we couldn't do that were really um, sincere to our heart here. Yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, we pulled off that drive-in movie theater. That was awesome. It was really good. It really, really, I think it was beneficial to the community at a time when they needed something. And they needed something different. And we pulled it off, and we had a snafu because of the weather, but a week later we, we pulled it off, and, you know, we had 120 cars show up. So if you had, you know, three or four people, we had like 500 people here having four different showings. We stayed COVID safe. Nobody got out of their car. We delivered the little treats to the kids yep. and hot chocolate and stuff and, and popcorn. And it was just, it really, I thought, was a spectacular thing, something that was needed. And I think the people on our board and the people that volunteered to help us at that event got more satisfaction out of that than anybody. People are still raving about it. Yep. And, you know... <coughs> We're not sure where we're going. We know that we're 
just so the people know we're, we're not going to be having or we didn't have the daddy-daughter dance this year. But we are planning to do something, hopefully sometime maybe in the spring, um, even if it, ha if it has to be outside where we can spread out more. But you know, that's still important to us. Absolutely. There's a lot of things like that that, you know, our neighborhood down in memory lane did probably a dozen different food trucks mm -hmm. uh, throughout the year we did a you know a covid free easter egg hunt and a halloween parade and you know different things like that throughout the year and i think people kind of bonded together because you yeah. kind of had to uh, during covid to get through and i know you had we had some food trucks here in the village yeah. that were very popular and and you know it's um sometimes food trucks can be uh positive or negative for whoever's looking at it. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> I think that was another thing that was was needed. Um, we wanted to make it convenient for people so they didn't always have to drive. Um, you know, some of our places in the midst of the COVID shut down yeah. or had really limited hours. And so we were trying to make it so people didn't have to drive down to the boulevard, drive down to the city or something that they could get something from those restaurants that they would normally go to, they could get it right here in Manly's for a short time to get us through the worst times of our, of the year. So, yeah. Um, and, and we survived it. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, um, the stuff that's going on, but, you know, I think our community has handled it real well. I do um, too. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I gotta say that, <clears throat> you know, there was a lot of events that we had this summer that we were really concerned about and we felt were important but we didn't know exactly how <coughs> the community would take them whether it was the black lives matter or uh -huh. and, and things like that um you know our our chop our chop drawings on, on, uh, on the pavement and and i think you know the the community, I thought, stepped up and played, took it real well, and, and they followed the rules, and, and everything went smoothly, and, you know, I, I participated in, in those events, and I'll tell you, I couldn't have been more pleased with this village. Yeah. Because it could have gone in a whole different direction, but this village did a great job. And I, I got to say... <coughs> Our high school kids, our college kids here in Manlius, are really unbelievable. Yeah, they uh, a lot of future leaders there. Oh my God, they! I talked to some of them, and it was, you know, it was just, you know, some sometimes they they were they were easier to talk to than talking to politicians. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> um, you know, and and I just couldn't believe how well prepared and and what they had done and, and the people they had spoken to the, and stuff, it was just, yeah they amazed me, yeah. you know, and I, I mean, you know, I'm a FM graduate and I, I think that I was more amazed by them than I was ever amazed back when I was in school, <laughs> so, yeah. um, but it, it was, I, I thought this community really stepped up, yep, and, agree. you know, I, hopefully we can get back to normal at some point, but, yep. You know, so, Paul, what's, what's one thing about our village you would like people to know? Maybe something they don't know, something out there that you think is important uh, that you'd like to kind of highlight and emphasize? 
Um, I think they need to know that um, this this village uh, this village board um, are all our departments are working for them. We're we're not going to satisfy everybody. Um, I get phone calls day in and day out on things that we try to we try to make the best of it. We try to correct things. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that probably don't please everybody. But I think we are doing one heck of a job here. I listen to other mayors talk um, from across the state, and believe me, I I can't tell you that we don't have things go wrong, but we are so much further ahead than I ever thought we would be. Um, we don't see a lot of the things that are happening in these other communities, which is great. You know, I and I think, you know, people can call me anytime, um, and, you know, if they've got a question and stuff, I, I, and I will, I will answer them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get right back to them, but I'll answer them within the next day or two. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and I always will talk. There's an incident with the fire department, incident with Parks and Rec, incident with our DPW. I will always um, take their concerns to the department heads and we'll discuss it and find out if there's a better way or not or if we're doing it the best way. We might not be doing it the best way, but we're doing it the way that's going to work best. If you understand that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. um, and <coughs> yep. I can, I, and I, I know that people, th this past summer when we redid some roads, people were really concerned about how we did it. Mm -hmm. and, and they called and complained and stuff, right. said, you know, you ruined our roads and this and that. And I said, listen, this is the process. This is what happens. This is how it's going to end up. Just give it a couple weeks and you'll see. It'll look like a new road. And lo and behold, they'll come back and say, you were right. Yeah. It did. Yeah. It ended up like a brand new road. And I said, it's just the process. Yeah. And the process takes time, but the outcome will be the best. And it'll last the longest because of the conditions we have here and in our community. Yeah. So, but I think that um, people need, I, I, I wish people would show up to more of the events we have. I wish people would learn a little more about the history of, yeah. the, of the community and <clears throat> understand how important our community was for the development of Central New York. Yeah. You know, I mean, right now we are, let's see, two, 220 years old. No, 207 eight. years old. Yep. Seven or eight years old. Yep, 200, 207 or eight years old. And um, I think that people need to realize that there's things in this village that were back in the early 1800s. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Western type person. I, I watch the Westerns. Mm -hmm. Every night when I go home, I watch the Westerns. And when they, you know, you're watching a, a movie where they talk about somebody like Custard and when Custard went to the Little Bighorn and they, and they say what the date was, you think, geez, I got pictures in the boardroom showing same earlier than that date. <laughs> and, like, you would have never thought there'd be that 
and manly. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's really, yeah. I, I like comparing, you know, <coughs> the village. And I think that people, um, you know, I know a lot of people call me and say that they, they've come here to, when they come back to visit their grandkids or when their grandkids come back to visit the grandparents that still live here, they, they take them down to get an ice cream and they walk around the swamp pond. And <clears throat> as, you know, as I said before, we don't have, we don't have a college here, we don't have a, a, a lake, we don't have a canal that runs through our community, mm -hmm. but we do have the snow top, we do have the swamp pond, we have Perry Springs. If you've never been to the fish hatchery, just going to say that Perry Springs. That's Come and get an ice cream. Go over to Perry Springs. See where we where we grow the fish, and then um, stop the pond. Stop at the pond and see some of those fish that are 18 inches long in there that were a, a minnow size that we were grow that you saw over at the fish hatchery. Yeah, and. And I, I just think it's things like that that people don't don't realize the the history of this of this community. You know, next year we hope if all goes well, we would like to. Uh, we've talked about it. If all goes well with insurance and liability and all that, <coughs> we would like to put uh, the days of going back to skating on the swamp pond are probably mm -hmm. long gone. Yep, because we don't remove the swans anymore. Um, but we talked about putting an ice skating rink down on the, by the lower pond. We talked about and having sledding and setting up some food trucks so that to serve hot chocolate and coffee and stuff like that so the kids can enjoy the weekend here like they do now, sledding. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, I got a cold. <laughs> <coughs> um, yeah. But I don't know. It's it's. I I think people need to enjoy their their village more. They they need to enjoy the parks. We're going to have more areas for them to go and enjoy. Yeah. Um, we're going to try to make it a little more pedestrian friendly, and they need to go down to to Mill Run. Um, hopefully, we might. We've got a a group from environmental science and forestry that are looking to have their students build, possibly build a bridge for us that we had to remove down in Mill Run. And so, where there's projects in the air, but it's just a matter of time, and they, people just need to bear with us, because we're going to, within, within the next year, they're going to see a lot of changes. And that's one of my hopes with this podcast, is to, is to kind of help to promote some of these right. many, many things that the village is, is doing that people just don't know about. And right. To, to try to get a little bit more of that sense of community yeah. that we always talk I, about. I, I would love to bring back the, the days of the military academy and suburban park, <laughs> the five cent movie theater, and uh, penny candy at uh, Weber's. But fortunately, that's something we can't do. Yeah. So I have to, you know, I, I don't, I like reliving it. Because, <laughs> um, it was. You know, it was nothing back then. To we didn't have a lot of organized sports and stuff. You know, we had little league. Yeah. We had for a while. We had community a community league basketball. But that was about it. We didn't even have popcorn football back when I was young. Mm -hmm. um, 
So we would make our own teams up and stuff. We could grab grab kids in our neighborhood and put two teams together to play each other in a ball game yeah. or a football game or something. Um, <clears throat> a lot of that unorganized stuff is gone. It's true. We used to yeah. walk up to the Little League fields yeah. all year. We'd play baseball when it wasn't Little League season. Yeah. We'd play football up there right by the recreation building. Yeah. And, and a lot of it was, I mean, I, I don't want kids to get the wrong idea, but back then, uh, when I was younger, there was nothing to ride your bike to Fayetteville, to Syracuse, to DeWitt, or something, or up to Pompey or something. Nowadays... Just had to be home by dinner time. Yeah. Nowadays, it's tough because riding your bike on some of the streets is... Dangerous. Yeah. So, you know, we... It, you know, times have changed, and, and so of how we how we do things, but... Yeah. Um, I, I would love to have it be that even if it was just for the summer, I'd love to go back. People don't know that we used to have a trolley that went through the village. Yeah. And take people up to Spurman Park and and uh, it was powered by Edwards Falls and, and stuff. And I, I would love to get one of those little trolleys back here just in the summer to run people through the village. Wouldn't that be nice? Let them park, let them park up by the ball fields, get picked up. And drive them down through the village, and then go to the store and stuff. Come out, get back on it, and it drops them back off up there. But you know that that takes money. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And um, but that'd be it'd be something that would be that would be neat. Neat. Yeah. Sure would. Um, all right. Anything else you'd like to add before we close? Nope. Um, like I said, my my door is always open. I'm I'm here. Usually six, seven hours a day, uh, Monday through Friday. And if you ever want to come and talk, if you ever want to come and just listen to the history of the village or, or see pictures and stuff, I, um, <coughs> you'll see them hanging all over in, <laughs> in my office and in the boardroom. And, um, and if you ever got any questions, concerns, or any ideas, bring them to us because we, we don't ignore anything. You know, sure. we'll look at it and say, hey, if it's something we can do, we'll try to work it out. So Good. Well, thank you, Paul. <coughs> I think it was very informative and interesting. Uh, everybody keep an eye on our website, our Facebook, as well as on Apple Podcast and Spotify. For our next podcast, uh, we'll be talking to our DPW superintendent, Chris Sherwood, about upcoming changes to our village recycling pickup operation, as the, the mayor just mentioned a little bit ago. Um, if you have any thoughts, questions, ideas for future topics, or if you have a more creative and catchy title for our podcast, uh, please email me at hchapman at manliestvillage.org. Uh, thanks all for listening, and uh, we'll be uh, doing another one coming up soon. Thanks again, Mayor. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs>